You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we are continuing on with the show by giving you guys another clue for the quiz. That's right. Quiz clue. Who am I? Cain and Abel are two of my sons. Mm. Okay. So, guys, really, we've had a bunch of people answer the quiz correctly so far. But again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We're getting a fair bit easier. This who time. had who? <laughs> whose sons were Cain and Abel? Mm-hmm. There zero, you go. That's it. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to call or text this morning, and you can get in with your correct answers and go into the draw to win three Jungle Doctor books, which are amazing, awesome books. They're particularly good if you have children or maybe you're a child yourself listening and you're like, Mom, I know we're in the car on the way to school right now, but I'd really like to get in for some Jungle Doctor books. Just, uh, you know, ask Grab yourself. the phone, text it through. That's right, text it through. And again, that clue was, who's who was Cain and Abel's dad? That's right. If you know who Cain and Abel's dad were, then 0491-064-669. Now, just addressing, uh, before the hour closed out, we had a song play that was quite interesting. It wasn't in English. Um, and one of my friends, Johanna, now recently Johanna actually married Harry, which these, these guys are my friends. I emceed their wedding. Uh, Harry is Korean. And, um, and you had a text me. She's like, I stopped listening for a bit. But then when I came back, this Korean song is playing. I can only guess that Lawson, you picked it. And no, I didn't pick it because right now I've got producer Monica, uh, in the studio, just absolutely getting it done. And she asked me, cause I played that song on the radio before, like ages and ages ago. One time when I was producing, she's like, where's that song? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. But then she, she managed to claw her way through our, large database and she ended up finding it and playing it so hey good on you monica hey monica as well we were talking about the lady who found herself disoriented in in the bush and how she could have used some pathfinder skills to get out of that situation i understand that that you have a kind of similar story as well yeah i got lost in the blue mountains although to be fair i actually got left behind and then i got lost oh that's rough (laughs) yeah and um and I, I did get lost trying to find my way out of the blueies. It was probably one of the most frightening experiences of my life. Um, it was only for a day, though, but I was <laughs> Not quite up. eight. Yeah. I was psyching myself up to drink a puddle, but thankfully I didn't have to. <laughs> but I, I did use the Pathfinder skills that I had learned as a little girl. Amen. Um, it, you know, there's different things you can do with stacking rocks to indicate that you need help and which direction you've traveled in and, and what condition you're in. Mm. So I was doing that as I, you know, every... Um, intersection that I came to, I was building a little, you know, special rock pile and that kind of thing. So yeah, really handy to go to Pathfinders, learn some life skills. You just never know when you're How'd you get them. out? They found me. Um so Your people. Yeah, I was with I was on a camping trip, a four wheel driving camping trip and I got motion sickness, so I went for a little walk and that's how I got left behind. <sighs> um but um they were like using their radios to contact each other to say, oh, you know, where is she? And they were going to little search parties to try and find me. And uh, apparently the local, I think it was the SES, heard the chatter on the radio and they said, if you haven't found her by sundown, we're moving in. And they mm. found me right at sundown. So wow. by that time I had completely lost my voice from yelling cooey. <laughs> <But yeah>. oh. <laughs> How far were you from where these guys were when they... 
I, I don't I don't know in kilometers, but mm-hmm. far enough for me to be absolutely petrified, and yet I was I was freaking out hard. Mm-hmm. I never in my life wanted so much to see cement. <laughs> just wanted a building and some civilization. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome! Yeah, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you're live with us today. Yeah, Lord, do you know what? It was actually a miracle that they found me because when the team we went into two different groups to do the forward driving when they met for lunch, I had been specifically asking the lord that he placed the question in a few specific people's minds where is monica and that's yeah. exactly what happened there was two women i was particularly praying for two motherly women in our group joe and judy mm. and when lunchtime came those women they said they couldn't even eat they were just plagued with the thought where is monica mm. and they ran around the camp looking for me and that's how they found out that i was missing so the lord mm. really came through and uh yeah it was a sweet reunion tell you what so. oh praise god wait what a story i I'm just trying to think, have I ever been lost like that? And I don't, I just don't think so. I, I don't think I've, you know, I just don't get left behind, it seems. Um, so, you know, every, <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, Mike. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm just thinking, have I ever been lost like that? Maybe I, I know that I've been riding a motorbike up the bush sometimes. Like there's a great network of tracks around here and I'll just like take turn after turn after turn after turn after turn. And there's been some times where I'm like, Oh, I kind of don't know where I am right now. But then, you know, you just follow the fire trails and follow the fire trails and you'll find some road and then you'll get on some road and that'll take you then to some other intersection or something. And then you pull out Google Maps and you're like, Oh, wait, uh, the, here's where I am and I know how to get home. So I'm, I'm chilling. I don't know. I had a, I had a, I mean, I've never been lost, lost, but, yeah. um, I've done a lot of bush hiking before. Sure. One hike I did was Frenchman's Cap in Tasmania. Mm. Great hike. Mm. About a three, four day hike if you Oof. do it. Um, long, we did it. We were trying to pump it out and I did it with two friends. And anyway, we were like right on the ridge getting ready to go peak. And it was like night. It was like coming down sunset Mm. and we didn't quite reach the hut that's at the base of the peak. And Mm. we, we like, we weren't sure if we'd already reached it or we'd gone past it. And Oh, that's the worst. So then I just had to like charge forward for about an hour in the rain and the cold while my wife and my friend's wife sat back in the wind on the top of the ridge freezing mm. and I found it and then came back and got them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. But it was, it was, there was a moment there of, um, of worry. Like where are we right now? Yeah. I mean, we were never going to be, te- we were on the path, but mm. it's still like, you know, cold, wet, rainy, you know, mm. you don't want to be in those conditions for a long time. Can get yeah. dangerous. Absolutely. Oh, well, you would you wouldn't want to end up in those positions, but I've had some pretty comical stories about people getting lost too. And uh, shout out to my friends from down there at Melbourne and Gateway Church. They told me a story about I believe it was my friend Fred, and he took the group hiking, and they went up in the mountain, and then just like totally like they they just they they got into the peak and then descended the mountain on the wrong side, and then just got like and then had to ascend it like just just oh, just wow. just every mis- like mistake you could make that would leave you in a position where you're like I don't know where I am, and then you know getting getting out of the bush at like midnight when that was supposed to be out of the bush at, you know, 5 PM kind of thing. Wow. Like, dude, classic, classic church group stories. Um, but praise God that he's with us in, in a lot of those situations. You're listening to the breakfast show. And, um, although we're lost, we can be found. And there's one who has found us. His name is Jesus Christ. And we've been talking all about this week. We've been talking about, um, worshiping God as creator. As we've been reading through the three cosmic messages or the three angels message that is given to us in Revelation 14, as it says, 
um, worship him who made the seas and the springs of water and the the earth and the, everything that you know inhabits it um that's how we that's how we enable ourselves to pass judgment now our title the title of our bible study today is gospel judgment and creation let's read some verses um blair do you want to go for me to uh let's read ephesians chapter 3 and verse 9 and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Mm, I oh, I love this. Actually, let's let's open this passage up. I've got like the verse in front of me, but let's begin just a little bit earlier in the book of Ephesians. And starting in Ephesians chapter 3, we might pick it up. Oh, I just, this, oh, it, it's really hard. To, to just drop into a certain part of the Bible. Let's uh, let's pick it up in verse 8. We'll read verse 8 through to verse 11. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which is the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, through who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, this verse is epic. Like, this passage is so rich. It's so dense. There is so much going on. Firstly, it starts with, to me, who am less than all the saints. This is Paul talking here, and he's saying, although he was the foremost minister and missionary of the early church. He says he is the least of all the saints, which is a level of humility that I would love to live up to. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So he's like, okay, I have a message to preach among the Gentiles, which we are ultimately the legacy of that. I I love that, you know, in Paul's story, we can actually, when he says, I've got something to preach to the Gentiles, which will change the world, we are that change, that legacy of Paul's preaching is seen today. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. And then we come into verse 9. And this is our kind of focus verse here. It says, and to make all see what the fellowship, what is the fellowship of the mystery. This, this is an interesting passage. Fellowship of the mystery, essentially the idea that uh, there is this mystery of God, this unsearchable riches of Christ that includes or that has around it or that participates, those who, who understand it or are endeavoring to understand it, um, some level of fellowship. And it continues on, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. This mystery that we see it often is referred to in the Bible as the mystery of righteousness. Um, and there's, there's the mystery of sin, the mystery of righteousness, the idea that Jesus Christ has become a human to fellowship with his fellow human beings and to connect with the world around him. I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely mysterious how it is that God can become human, and it's a question that has perplexed many people. But then it continues to say, it's like, okay, this is this is what we have so far. To, and then verse 10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known in the church to the principalities and powers 
in the heavenly places. This verse is super interesting, Blair. It's it's really chapter chapter three and verse ten of Ephesians is incredibly interesting, as it says here, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. So the church, the congregation of believers on this earth, is going to make known the manifold witness of God to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. If we're we're following what this is essentially saying here, it's saying that those people who congregate together, who call themselves the church, will reveal something to people in high places, and by high places I mean like angels, those in the, in, the, in the spiritual realm, the church will reveal to them something that they do not know about God. Mm. Which is, I'm, I'm like, man, if you're in heaven, what could you possibly not know about Jesus? Well, th- yeah, I mean, this is, it is amazing because, mm. you know, through, through Jesus becoming human and redeeming mankind, this has put on display the love of God in a way that wouldn't have been possible if we didn't see the lengths that God would go to save lost humanity. Absolutely. It's amazing. But, but see, this is the thing, though. It's like, okay, well, in Christ going and, and sticking his neck out and, and you know ultimately dying for humanity, through Christ going and doing that, okay, you know, he is showing the love of God. But this is the point of the verse is that it's saying, and now the love of God, the manifold wisdom of God will actually then be revealed in the church. So not only is it revealed in Christ, but furthermore, it's revealed in those who are following Following Jesus. Oh, man. Beautiful. What do you think it means by this? Like, how how are we teaching those in heaven something that they don't know about God? Well, well, for starters, where every Christian is a Christ follower, is a reflector of Christ. We reflect Mm -hmm. the glory of God. And uh, and so any glory that Jesus has brought is reflected in his followers rightly. You know, when when we rightly follow Jesus, we reflect his glory and his character. There's a text in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. It says, Um, For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea communicated in this text is that we uh, we are on display. The great controversy is playing out on this earth, and all of heaven is looking to see who we choose in this great Mm -hmm. controversy, whether we be loyal to God and reflect Jesus and his character and his glory. And uh, in doing that, the unfallen world's, the angels and the heavenly principalities, the powers of these places are looking down and they're seeing uh, God's character be demonstrated uh, and and uh, and the, the, the principles of this great controversy play out uh, where we see that, yeah, humanity can choose to follow him and, and as... And, and the principles of Satan's kingdom become even clearer as well. And so the, the world is, is seeing how good God's character is in a new way through us as actors mm. on a stage. Absolutely. It's through us. And I think this is why judgment is so key Correct. and so critical to the formula of how it is that Jesus saves people, or how it is that God saves people. God could, and a lot of people have this view, that God could be totally um, in a position to just give no explanation as to why he has saved who he saved and why he has not saved who he has not. In fact, that is the position that many Calvinists hold. Many people who subscribe to the idea of predestination, they're like, God is totally sovereign and above everything, and everything he does is right, and 
he has no need to explanation to explain why because he is he is sovereign. We can't go against what God decides. Um, but from you could say an Arminian perspective, we see the character of God as, as such that he relates to humanity as though he, you know, humbling himself to their level, although he is still the, you know, possesses elements of sovereignty. He is the transcendent God. We were talking about this yesterday. He is Elohim. At the same time, he is acting personally with his creation, talking to them, communicating to them why it is that he does the things that he does, and particularly, yeah, to those who are in heavenly places. Imagine with me, Blair, you're an angel. Not that hard to imagine. You're a pretty good guy. But Blair, <laughs> imagine with me that you're you're an angel and you're in heaven, you know, singing in the heavenly choir. You're seeing the uh, the controversy of sin play out on this earth. And maybe you've been enlisted to help people. You know, um, you've, you've, you've been enlisted to be an, a guardian angel on behalf of God. And you've seen the worst of humanity. You know, you've seen humans and, and the potential of the evil things that they can do. But you see, wow, the love of God, he's lived and died and resurrected to save them. That's so amazing. But then you see after that, like as an angel, you're like, wow, if God is willing to do this, then why, you know, how can anyone not accept that? And then you see most of humanity reject it. Yeah. Um, despite it being so good. Would you, and, and then you see Jesus say, oh, well, I'm going to come back and take a group of these people into heaven. Would you then be in the position as an angel, would you be totally confident to say, oh, yeah, I think we should let all the sinful humans into heaven yeah, at the second it doesn't, coming? It doesn't uh, look like a good resume for humanity, does it? Yeah, that's right. Again, like you could think, oh, but they're angels. But angels are limited beings. You know, God is an unlimited, you know, all-knowing being. Angels are limited beings with limited perspectives, obviously, because angels are the ones who began sin. Lucifer was an angel, and he convinced a third of the angels to participate in sin, which is one of the worst decisions they could possibly made. So we see there the angels, they have free choice, they have perspective, they think about things just like humans do. The Bible says that humanity is just a little lower than the angels. So there would need to be a level of assurance that, oh, hey, if we let all those humans back up in here, like things won't go wrong again, particularly because they have been sinners. But this this is the point of this passage in this verse that I love so much. It's like to the intent of the manifold witness of God be made be made known by the church. We have had an experience that angels have never had. We've gone from death to life. We've gone from slave to free. And we get to reveal to them. We have the privilege of revealing to angels the power that God has to change people, the power that he has to work in lives to help us overcome. Because they, man, angels are up there in heaven or being guardian angels or whatever it may be. They see the worst of it. And yet they will be absolutely perplexed with the mystery that is, how did God change this person's life? How did God bring this person to a place where they were totally lost in utter darkness and sin, yet now they are following him? They will also be able to see clearly as a result of judgment and observation. They'll be see they'll they'll be able to see like oh wow look there are people who who were following God but then ultimately made a decision to leave Him and that it will be justified to them why people are lost and and why people are saved. So mm. there, there can be no charge from humans nor angels, as Romans chapter eight said. You know, there's no accusation that can be made by anyone against God. That is, hey, God 
listen, you did a bad job here. Which is, again, that that accusation originally came from Satan. No one can make that accusation. Not an angel, not a being of a, another space or plane or planet or whatever it may be. And definitely no human. No one can make that accusation against God because he has done everything perfectly. And through his church, he has proved to those in heavenly places his goodness. And I, I, I just love this passage so much. I, it, it shows us what a privileged position we're in. Like, Absolutely. Wow, let's, what a job. What a job we have to do. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have our final clue for the quiz this morning. That's right. And if this clue doesn't get it for you, I'm not sure what will. Who am I? I named all the animals. Oh. Uh, is he some kind of scientist? Well, it's got to be a Bible character. Oh, okay. okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Which person in the Bible had the job of naming, naming all the animals? Naming if you think animals. you know the answer, you can text or call through to 0491064669 and your name will go in the drawer to win our three of the Jungle Doctor books. And these are great little books that you want to get your hands on. So, Do you have a favorite Bible name? Ooh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really. I have, like, favorite characters, but not really a name, so name? to speak. Yeah, I'm a Mephibosheth guy. Wow. Like, I love that name so much. What? Why? Why? Well, I think... Well, the story's cool, right? So Mephibosheth is the grandson yep. of Saul, and... I think that was the story that was used to help me to accept the gospel for the very first time. Obviously, the name is pretty funny. And I remember, like, every time, like, when we were studying about this character, it was like, everyone say Mephibosheth. And now whenever I talk about him, I, I do the same thing. And shout out Joseph Scaff, who was giving that Bible study. I was a, a mere 17 years old, and we're sitting there in a in a small group on a Saturday morning. And I was actually really hungover. And we're going through and it talks about how, you know, Mephibosheth, he's in the wrong family, you know, who's like, as in he's in the family of Saul, which is about to be overthrown in the, in terms of like the, the kingdom. Um, it's about to be overthrown by David. He's in the family of Saul and, uh, Saul and his, his father specifically, Jonathan has died and he's lame in the legs. So he's an outcast and, you know, basically how mutiny would work back in the day in you know in biblical times and in the ancient era basically well how the changing of the line of the king would work and basically be a mutiny where you'd have to kill off people from the other family so that they no longer had a right to the throne because it's you know your your line being in the throne is kind of a binding thing and so you had to forcefully take it but instead of doing that david takes mephibosheth in who is in the wrong family who is lame in the legs who all of these different things he takes mephibosheth in as his own son. And the appeal of the sermon was essentially in the same way that God had, that David took Mephibosheth in. God has taken us in, even though we're not good enough, even though we're failures, even though we will never be able to, to live up to anything at, at any time. Like we, we are utterly failures when we'll never be good enough. God still takes us in anyway. He gives us a seat at the table and he's done that. And he's proven that through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. So if that's your favorite name, are you going to be calling your son Mephibosheth? Dude, well, this is the thing. There is so many nicknames in it, right? It could be a Mo. 
He could be a chef. Phoebe. If it's a girl, but even though it's like a male name, a Phoebe or Phoebe or dude, there, there's just so many parts. I love it so much, but I think that it would be cool if like he could call himself Mo, but I feel like it'd be a stitch up in school whenever he gets like a substitute teacher who's like, Mo, Phoebe, chef. It's, it's such an epic name and I would love to bring it back, but then also I need to, find a woman who'd be on board. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That, that's where it's Good like, I uh, <laughs> don't totally... You're, you're finding it hard enough as it is without getting... I'll be... <laughs> without putting conditions like that on... Attaching that on, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'll be like, babe, please let me name our kid with Phoebe Chef. I'll give you the Deal next breaker. one. Deal breaker. I'll got, babe, I'll give you the next one, I promise. Oh, that is so funny. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Let us know what your favorite Bible names are. 0491-064-669. That's the number to call... Or text. All right, so we're going to get into some more Bible. Now, you were, you were kind of looking up and exploring uh, the book of Hebrews where the Bible does say that humans were made a little lower than the angels. Indeed, yeah. Hebrews chapter 2, and we read in verse 6 through to 8, uh, but one testified in a certain place saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put him, uh, put all things in subjection under his feet. Uh, and so, yep, the interesting little passage there. And, uh, you know, it talks there about um, you have made him for a little while lower than the angels. Mm. And, yeah, I think this is, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a little gospel truth hidden in that little phrase there. Mm. You've made him a little while lower than the angels. And, uh, you know, we as humanity, we are a lower, you know, sort of, mm. uh, would you call it a type of being? <laughs> uh, mm. The angels are more powerful in many ways. And uh, and so in a sense, it's very obvious that we're made lower than the angels. However, um, that little phrase there, a little while lower than the angels, in uh, this this is a reference there to the gospel story and the, the plan of redemption. And when through being redeemed, we as humanity form a bond with God that is... Uh, I mean, th- this 6,000-year this ex- experiment with sin is not the best thing that's happened, mm. right? It's a terrible thing. It's awful. But it is the way to the best thing possible. Mm. It is wow. the way to the very best form of relationship with God where we see the depths of the love that he would go to redeem us. Mm-hmm. And through that redemption story, we are binded to God in a way that wouldn't, in, in a closeness that wouldn't have been possible uh, were we not to have had this demonstration of how far God's love would go. I love that. Quite amazing. Have you ever broken a bone before, Blair? Never. Never. Wow. You are a different man than me. I I do extreme things, but I do it safely. You do it safely. I do uh, most things dangerously. And so, you know, I'm sitting here, I've racked up a couple collarbones, a couple elbows, fingers and toes, you know, head injuries, all all kinds of things, Um, (laughs) which, you know, people say that explains a lot. But um, my left collarbone, my collarbone on my left side, I green stick fractured it when I was... I would have been 
11 years old. I, no, I was 10. So I was 10 years old. I hit a motocross jump. I landed on my shoulder. I actually knocked myself out and had vertigo for a couple months as well. So it's pretty, pretty hectic stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, not suggesting that you, you know, rush your kids into motorcycle racing because there is potential of injury, but I was doing that and I landed on my left shoulder. Green stick fractured my collarbone, which is like, yeah, it, the, my collarbone, my dad could see it from the outside. It had, because I was young and your bones are still like quite strong, it had, and, and rather, rather flexible um my my collarbone had kind of bowed out you know it it, 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 you could see it 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 was pressing against the skin it hadn't there wasn't a big break in it or like a a big massive crack but it you know a series of smaller cracks in it that had made it bow out like a green stick right you know because green sticks are bendy and uh so i had this green stick fracture and then since then you know during my recovery i you know slinged up for a bit and then they did a number of x-rays to see it and you can actually see that my collarbone on my left side and my right side as well i've broken my other collarbone as well both of them in x-rays they're a bit thicker they're a fair bit thicker than what they would normally or usually look like because the body works hard to mend those Store bones. Them. And as a result, now my collarbones are, yeah, quite strong. My shoulders do click a little bit because they're not not fully lined up. But my collarbones are, are stronger because I broke them at that time and they're able to fully heal. My collarbones are stronger for it. And when we think about our relationship with God, it has been lost. It has been broken. We have been separated from him. But after that entire situation, yeah, we get to participate in an even stronger love and relationship with God because of the turmoil we've been through and the power of God that we've seen to be able to save us from that. Our bones, our life, everything can be stronger um, after all of it, which is a testament to the love of God, the redemption of Jesus to bring us to this point. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to the Bible to the breakfast show this morning where we talk about the Bible. Amen. And, uh, of course, a part of the breakfast show is that we always do a quiz. We did a quiz today, and now we're going to get some answers. We're going to get the answers. So who am I quiz? We started with the clue in Luke 3.38, I am called the Son of God. In me, all die, but in Christ, all will be made alive. Uh, next clue was God cursed the ground because I listened to my wife instead of him. And this person... His sons were Cain and Abel. And lastly, this person named all of the animals. Mm. And the answer, of course, is Adam. Is Adam. That's right. And uh, Adam is really quite a significant individual in the Bible mm-hmm. and actually links in very directly with our Bible study today as well. Yeah, absolutely. We were seeing in, in the Bible study that it suggests that the, the believing in evolution actually mocks the very idea of Jesus' death on the cross. And then it gives reason as to why. Uh, it says that Paul inseparably links the introduction of sin by, uh, by Adam to the death of Jesus. So we see a very closed loop within Scripture. It's like, oh, death was introduced by Adam because of Adam's sin. Then following Adam's sin, uh, you know, Jesus solved the problem of death by living, dying, and resurrecting on the cross in place of Adam's sin and those all after Adam who have sinned as well. It closes the loop. It says, this is where sin began. This is where sin, you know, has the ability to end. We know that death will end when Jesus comes back, but because of this action of Jesus, sin will end. And essentially you then come to the conclusion of like, 
if you then believe in evolution, despite what the Bible is saying there, can you even believe in Jesus or his death on the cross or his resurrection? Certainly not the biblical picture of who Jesus is, because in that evolutionary model, you have a, there's no sinless Adam that could have introduced death, because death, through millions of years of death, was supposedly the force and the system through which the world evolved, right? Mm. Um, bit by bit, survival of fittest type style. So, yeah, this this um, this this character of Adam, uh, who the Bible says by one man's offense, death reigned through one man, much more, um, just as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, Jesus, many were made righteous in Romans chapter 5, 17 to 19. So, yeah, we, we see in Scripture... Uh, death introduced through Adam and Jesus solving that problem and that inseparable link between Jesus and Adam irrefutably denies the idea of you, you can't hold on to evolution and also Christianity mm. and Jesus. You know, to, to accept this view would be to uh, to deny what the Bible speaks about Jesus himself. Yeah, but then the question is, well, why do people do it then? Like, why why would you accept this view as someone who professes Christianity? And... I think it ultimately speaks to people's lack of confidence in what Scripture says. Yeah. And misun- I don't want to say misunderstanding or misinterpretation. Essentially, we have a bunch of evidence in the natural world as to what took place over, you know, in, in, our, in the natural history of the world. It has been interpreted into a long earth model, which like a deep time model, which we, we've had... John Ashton on the show before explained very clearly that the necessity for a deep time model doesn't come from the fact of what we see, you know, what we observe geologically, but it actually is necessitated by the theory of evolution, which is like the idea that, um, you know, things can gain uh, and, you know, they gain the amount of cells and they evolve over time. It, it takes so long for us to observe that, that if you factor that over the course of history, it needs billions of years to have been able to take place. But then furthermore, it's like, okay, well, then why do people believe in it? And why, why do people believe that Earth is old? That Yeah, again, we can observe the natural world and we can see so clearly, oh, no, there is very much uh, things that we can interpret, interpret in a correct way that would suggest a young Earth. That's right. Um, and that would suggest young life. And we've never actually observed macroevolution happening. So then how could you, you know, be so adamant that it's true? All of these different things... And yet, for some reason, Christians accept it. It's almost because, yeah, they don't have a confidence in what they believe. They're like, "Oh, I've I've seen the evidence, and I'm and I'm swayed." And it's like, "But but how so? Like, have you seen all the evidence here? What what are we really looking at here? It is a matter of interpretation, but the love of God working in your life and the change that He does, I think, for most people who have experienced it, is irrefutable." Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM. You are listening to Faith FM to the Breakfast Show, and we've come to the end of the show, Blair. We have, and still no call as to you know from from wifey. Maybe tomorrow. No baby. No, I th- I my money's on today. Not really. I don't bet, but my money is proverbially on today. I, I want. I. I. I'm staking my claim that it will be the 11th of the fifth. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If you. So wait. If 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 there is a baby born today, will you come in tomorrow? No. 
No, of course not, no. because you're a, you're a good <laughs> husband. Okay, that's right. So I guess we we may or may not see you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll I'm see. hoping, I'm praying, probably not. Um, not because I don't like you, of course, <laughs> but um, I look, I've I've just fully sold on this idea <laughs> that your baby is coming today. Don't call me a prophet if it comes. By the we'll way, we'll see. Um, this is more of a this is more of a guessing thing. But hey, we've come to the end of the show, and of course, we always give away something for free. And I've got a book for you that is fantastic. We're talking about evolution in the previous segment. Evolution Impossible, 12 Reasons Why Evolution Cannot Explain the Origin of Life on Earth by John Ashton. Great John book. Ashton being one of the leading um, chemists. And by chemists, I don't mean like, you know, the place where you go get your prescription full out. I mean like a, like those in chemistry. He is incredible. And this book is coming from a chemistry perspective, talking about evolution, how it takes place and why it couldn't have happened. But hey, if you want that, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text be the first caller through. But right now, remember to talk faith, to live faith and to act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Yeah.